Hello and welcome to the Pay Search Podcast. My name is Chris Schaefer. You're listening to the podcast all about Google Ads. If you want to know about Google Ads, if you want to know about how to manage Google Ads, how to run Google Ads for your clients, maybe even learn a bit about how to start your own Google Ads company, your own Google Ads agency. That's what I focus on here every single week. Comes out on Monday. If you'd like to watch the show on YouTube, you can subscribe there. I post this same thing with the same edits and all of that. You'll see the same show, but with a nice visual representation of what the body sounds like along with the voice. Uh, you can see that uh, link in the description if you'd like to watch there. Subscribe, leave a comment. Have a few comments coming in every now and then. Happy to answer those. Good way to get in touch with me that way as well. Also on Twitter, at PaidSearchPod. You can find me there, or as the new name, I'm on X. Not really used to that yet. Quick update, personal update for you guys. I've gotten some messages, people thinking that I have left Texas. My comment last week was that I had traveled to other places outside the United States, sorry, outside of Texas, and that I liked it. The weather was beautiful. I did not move out of Texas. I am still in Texas. That would be bigger news if I had actually moved out of Texas. That has never happened. I don't see that happening. So just just to clear up some confusion, the rumors are not true. I am still in Texas, dying slowly every day from the heat. Currently 103 degrees outside. And that is Fahrenheit, okay? If you use Celsius, do the math. 103, it's hot. Three digits, and you know it's miserable. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Google Ads. That's what I'm going to talk about. Today we have... I, I'm excited about today. I have some... I'm going to continue a bit about the uh, discussion I had last week about match type. We're going to get a bit more into broad match. I'm going to dive a bit more into the definitions that I've discovered. Then we're going to get into some questions from listeners. If you would like to leave a question, you can go to paidsearchpodcast.com. Use the email there on the site to send in your question. I read the questions all the time. Many of them I actually reply to. Some of them I answer on the show. Happy to, to get your feedback on the show. You can reach me that way. All right. Let's jump in with the metric of the week. Before I get straight into that, I want to remind you, however, that this, sh this show is brought to you by optio.com slash PSP. If you're looking for a tool to bring your Google Ads game even higher, optio.com slash PSP is the tool for you. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash PSP. Let me tell you what it does. Helps you pick the right keywords. Helps you pick the right ad copy. Helps you pick the right bidding strategy. Negative keywords. Small settings like devices and, and target ROAS settings. All these things. It looks at it and it's like having a smart computer system looking over your shoulder and saying, hey, we noticed this. We're going to present you with the data. It gives you a wonderful data screen to analyze each decision and make a smart decision about your account step-by-step step, based on priority, based on what matters. Hey, we noticed this keyword is killing your account. This wasn't happening on this keyword six months ago. It's changed. This needs your attention. Priority number one. It goes through each one of those Wonderful system. Highly recommend it. That is optio.com slash PSP to get a two-month free 
trial of the tool. You can only get two months when you go to optio.com slash PSP. Link is in the description if you are interested. So here we go. First segment of the week is metric of the week. If you're unfamiliar, that's where I talk about things that you should know in Google Ads. Vocabulary, metrics, things that make your Google Ads work. And we dive into the definitions. We dive into understanding more about them. So today we're talking about broad match. Today we're talking about the definition of broad match. Last week I talked about match type. Okay. Match type was really quite an eye opener. Some of the definition stuff. And I, I got quite a reaction from that. A lot of people were very, you know, very appreciative of the deep dive into that. So we're going to go a little deeper. The water goes deeper and let's do that. So let's look at the definition, which all this stuff, there's no secret. All this information is out there uh, on Google's help files. You know, you just have to, you know, search for uh, match type Google ads you know, stuff like that. You can find this information. It's not secretive. Google's putting it out there. So if, if they're publishing it, you know that this is absolutely what's happening real world. This is not, I heard a Google rep say this, or this is what I think. I'm reading from Google here. All right, so let's talk about what is broad match. Well, broad match is one of three types of match types that Google allows us to use. As we discussed last time, it has to do with something that can be very loosely interpreted and Google uses the phrase comprehensive matching, which is, I, I think, a bit of a misnomer. It implies something that sounds good but can be extremely dangerous. And then we get into exact match and phrase match, which are much more restrictive. So let's talk about broad match. Let's go through this. So broad match, the ads may show on searches that are related to your keyword right there already say that again ads may show on searches that are your keyword no no that's not what that's not what it says ads may show that have all those words in the keyword no ads may show on searches that are related to your keyword related which can include searches that don't contain the direct meaning of your keywords. Don't get me wrong. I have plenty of clients, people I consult with that have tremendous value from broad match keywords. I could show you some amazing things I've done with broad match, but you must understand that the risk involved with this can be very scary. Okay. So, It continues. This helps attract more visitors to your website. You spend less time building keyword lists and focus on your spending on keywords that work. Okay. 
All right, uh, I guess. It continues further. Broad match is the default match type that all your keywords are assigned because it is the most comprehensive. Let's break that down. All right, so broad match, Google says, is the default match type. What it means by that is when you just add a keyword, it automatically adds itself as broad match. If you just don't do anything, you just type in a keyword and hit add, it is going to add it as a broad match. That's the default. And it does this because it's the most comprehensive. And the, and the reason they say is because, oh, the last thing that they want you to experience is you put in a keyword and you get no traffic at all, right? That would be a bad experience for everyone. They say, I want to show on this keyword. And let's say the default was exact match and you put in all exact match and you get no traffic. That would be extremely frustrating. All right, so... Instead, now we have broad match being the default. That's what it goes. It means if you want any other match type, exact phrase or a negative, then you have to tell Google that. You have to change the match type from broad to exact or broad to phrase. So broad is extremely comprehensive. All right, so let's dig into this a little bit. How does it define a match between your keyword, your broad match keyword, and the person's search? Because that's the gray area that as Google ad advertisers out there that we're most interested in. And here's what really, I mean, we, I've talked about this on the show before, but it's just another thing to just read it in black and white. It says it right here. The user's recent search activities are ways that Google decides what relevant matches come from matching your keyword to a person's search. So let's break this down. Let's be as practical as we can in this example. Your keyword is around water filtration system, whole house water filtration, okay? And that's your keyword. You have broad match, whole house water filtration. You look in your search terms and you see clean water. Clean water. And you think, well, that's, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to spend money on that. That's That's not a good search. Well, the way that Google is going to interpret the matching between your keyword and that person's search could have to do with the fact that the person has recently been doing searches around water filtration. And, you know, my, my water tastes funny. How do I get clean water? And maybe they just do a quick search around, you know, clean water. And Google looks at the recent search activities and says, okay, I'm going to pop this ad up because this is in within the realm of whole house water filtration. So you as a Google Ads manager, business owner, whoever's, whoever account you're taking this the, uh, care of here, you would see this search and might block it. But the reason it happened is because of information we have no access to. This is what Google means when they say it's comprehensive. 
meaning it takes in all the possible factors of the way that Google can gather information and say, ah, this person needs to see this ad because of X, Y, Z. So one of those possibilities is because of other searches. It gets deeper. It gets even more crazy. Another reason why broad match is considered comprehensive because it goes beyond the keyword and it goes beyond the person's search. It also goes into the context of the landing pages. It's written right here. It says to deliver relevant matches, this match type, broad match type, may also take into account the following, the content of the landing page. That should raise some hairs for many of you because if you have a very generic, very poor page, that's going to affect how well Google, Google interprets the intent of your broad keywords. Also, if you are, which I see many people do, if you are trying to get traffic that is in a separate vertical, a separate funnel, right? Let's say that you're doing AC repair. You're trying to get traffic around that. And your website is all about AC repair, but you're like, you know, I really also want to show up when people are selling their homes or they're buying new homes. That home exchange thing is a lot of times people get their AC assessed. They get somebody to come look at it. So I want to show for people who are, you know, doing home remodeling or home sales, you know, looking to sell their house and they're doing things about doing a, an audit on their house. I forget, I forget the term of what you do right before you sell. Doesn't matter. The point is if you're going after something that is different than what's conveyed in your website, that could hurt you. That could cause some inability for Google to get you the right kind of traffic. So understand that it goes beyond the keyword. It goes beyond the user search. It goes all the way into your landing page. Another, there's another level deeper to deliver relevant matches. Google says this match type, broad match type may also take into account other keywords in the ad group to better understand keyword intent. So it looks at other keywords in the ad group to understand what is it that the, the, the person's trying to convey here? What's the entire message they're, they're, they're building in this ad group to try and bring a certain type of traffic? So it might notice that maybe you're doing something around, you're, you're selling exotic adventures, you know, safaris and hunting trips and things like that. And, and, and you have family vacation in there, but you also have African safari trip and, you know, gorilla, you know, gorilla viewing trips in, in Uganda or something. This would help to push the keyword family vacations towards types of things like that, and which is great. 
but it could also hurt you if you have extremely extensive ad groups with really broad, crappy keywords. And they add no intent or context to what you're looking for. So this could be an absolute detriment if you're doing it a very, if you're doing it the wrong way. So this is quite a big piece of news here. If you don't know this, you should know broad match is comprehensive in that it doesn't just grab a lot of other searches out there. It looks at the user intent. It looks at the content of your page. It looks at the other keywords in your ad group. You know what it didn't say? Think about what I just said. What did I not say that it, it does? It does not match word for word. It doesn't look at your words and make sure that every word that you put in there shows up in the search. Doesn't do that. It also doesn't look at your ad copy. Didn't say it looks at ad copy at all. Doesn't mention anything about, we match the words in your ad copy to your keyword. So there's a lot of things you might be assuming that are happening with broad match that are not happening. Many things that you can't qualify. You can't qualify how Google's reading the other keywords. You can't qualify how it's reading your landing page. You can't qualify what those person's searches was right before they clicked. You can't see these things. They're often, they're, they're always invisible. So this comprehensive keyword is absolutely comprehensive, but if you don't use the power that you have here the right way, if you don't use contextually understandable keywords, it can absolutely be destructive. It can hurt you. So that's it. That is the metric of the week. Diving a little deeper into the match type world where, where comprehensive means more than you ever thought it would before. So let's take a step back out of the deep and take a walk down the beach and chat. We have a gentleman from Texas here. We have Carlin from Texas who's written in before. Thanks for your question, Carlin. A reminder for those of you, you can go to paidsearchpodcast.com and use the email address and email me your question. I will get to it. I do one question a week and sometimes I do multiple questions in an entire episode. If I get enough of them, I'll do that to knock out a whole bunch. So here we go. Carlin says, Chris, can you advise me on the best way to decide which bids to adjust and how best to keep track when I last adjusted a bid on that keyword? All right, great question. Now, for some clarity, Carlin is talking about manual bids. I'm going to assume. There are other bid adjustments that you can do. You could do target ROAS bid adjustments where you change the percentage, 250%. You could change it to you know from 250% target ROAS to 100% target ROAS. You could change your target CPA at the ad group level. And these are definitely possible. But because he specifically says changing bids and then 
references adjusted a bid on a keyword, I'm going to assume he's talking about manual bidding because that is the most defined, most specific way to, to do bids at the keyword level is to use manual bids. So here you go. Good question. I'm going to run through a few things on how I do it. Number one, I adjust my bids based on number one is conversions. Always, 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 always. I always look. I am not going to use any of these other factors quite as literally if conversions are telling a very different kind of story. For example, if I have all the right signals and I love what I see, but it has zero conversions, then why in the world would I read those signals that, you know, to, to tell me to bid up or bid down? I mean, I, I need to understand it in, in the context that there have been no sales, no leads, nothing on this keyword. So first is always conversions. Am I getting a lot of conversions here? Am I happy with the conversions? Is it within my target cost per lead or my ROAS or whatever? So I'm going to look at conversions. Next, I'm going to look and consider the, the quality or the risk of the keyword itself. So let's say I am, let's go with, with, let's go with the Safari trip thing again. Let's say you're running ads around Safari and you want to make sure that you show up for a comprehensive number of things. So you try the word Safari and you're getting conversions on Safari. I would not push my bid too much on the word Safari because of the risk slash the quality of that keyword. It is a high risk, poor defined quality keyword. You, can, I can still be getting conversions on that, but I am going to be very apprehensive about bidding very aggressively because of the risk of the keyword. One broad match keyword, one exact match keyword is going to be risky because of the context of that keyword. I, if someone just types the word Safari or if Google reads the broad match keyword Safari, I can't know exactly how that's going to be interpreted. So that affects my bidding, how aggressive I'm going to be. So I'm going to hold back. Not going to bid as aggressively there. Next, I dive into the keyword itself and I look at the search terms. What are the actual search terms that are coming from this keyword? Not just the ones that have gotten clicks, not just the ones that are spending my money, but also the impressions. What's the tone? What, what's the kind of traffic I'm getting? If I'm not happy with it, I might bid down on the keyword, slow that keyword down, slow down how much traffic, you know, try and bring up other keywords that are doing well. And on the other hand, if it's doing really good and I see conversions and I am happy with the risk of the keyword, I'm happy. It's like, this is a solid keyword. It's three words long, has a lot of context definition. It's being interpreted the right way because I see the search terms that are coming through on that keyword. I'm going to be much more happy to push up on that keyword. Push up, to be clear, bid higher. I should try and use precise language. I try and bid higher on that keyword. Next, I get into the search impression share loss due to rank. All right, we just waded a little deep into the geeky Google Ads metric. So do your homework if you haven't done anything and don't understand search impression share loss due to rank. Search 
IS lost rank is another way of saying it. If that number is low, 70%, 80%, and I'm seeing conversions and I like the search terms and I ha I'm happy with the keyword, I'm going to bid up. On the other hand, if it's like a 20%, a 30% loss due to rank, and I don't like the search terms, it's spending a lot of money. I'm not, I'm not seeing conversions. I'm going to pull down. I'm going to pull back on that keyword because it's too aggressive. Back off. I can't spend that kind of money on a keyword that doesn't pr produce the kind of traffic and or conversions that I want. Now, I don't, what I don't use is I don't use absolute top as a measurement because that is such a inaccurate way of determining how aggressive I'm bidding. You could be absolute top, but still not have a super aggressive bid. So I don't use absolute top. I don't necessarily use uh, top percentage either. I like to use search impression share lawsuit or rank. That's how I manage my manual bids. Now, the other question to Carlin brought in, he said, what do I use for what do I use to track those changes? Couple notes that I that I do. Number one is I like to put a note in the account. I put a little. There's a way that you can add a note into the little graph area, where you can punch in on a specific day. Let's say you know August twenty seventh, two thousand three. You can punch in on that in the graph and and say add note, and you know type in hey you know made changes to this ad group. You know note to self need to you know watch this particular keyword, stuff like that. You know, that's one way I do it. I like doing that. Another way is I make a note in my management software that I like to use. I have a, a process that I use with a specific software, basically just a to-do app is what it is. It's nothing special about it. It's just a to-do app that helps me track what clients need to be checked and things like that. I just make a note in that, that I made those changes. Be sure and, you know, note to sell, be sure and check this, see how that did. Another way is I might rename the ad group and say, you know, be careful of quality score here or, or be careful of, you know, check bids, lowered bids on this date, you know, or, you know, check search impression share, stuff like that. That might be another way I do it. And then last, I, I, sometimes I didn't do any of that and I completely just changed it and moved on and I'll just go and change, uh, check my change history in the account. I just filter for the past week, three weeks, 30 days. And like, what, when did I make that change to that bid? Or did I make that change to that bid? Or why are these numbers so different this week compared to last week? Oh, that's right. I increased the bids, decreased the bids 30%. So that's another way that I do it. That's a foolproof way, no matter whether you are proactive enough to remember to add notes or not. <laughs> and many times I'm not going to remember to make that note. Cause I'm just going through, checking things, and I, I forget to write myself a note, so I go back and do that change history. So that's it. Thanks for the question, Carlin. Appreciate it. More to come. We're going to talk about the big topic of the day. We're going to talk about the topical discussion, which is what makes a search term unqualified. That's the final discussion of the day. I'm going to go through several instances to help you understand how to read search terms, how I read them, and then you can take that advice and run with it from there. And before I tell you how I read search terms, I want to remind you about optio.com PSP. The link is in the description. You can try this tool 
with an AI ad writing system, built-in writing system, a built-in reporting system. You can see a wonderful dashboard of metrics. It has the ability to remind you about negative keywords, give you suggestions about certain structure changes that you might need to make to your account. Hey, did you know that this keyword is performing phenomenally well? It might be great if you broke these three, four keywords out into their own ad group and wrote ad copy for them because they are suffering from quality score, but yet they perform very well. These types of things you may not notice yourself, but Optio can help remind you about them. Check it out at optio.com slash PSP. So here we go. What makes a search term unqualified? So when you're looking through the search terms of your Google Ads search campaigns, there's going to be a lot. If you've been running Google Ads for any significant amount of time, there's going to be a lot of search terms. A lot of things to look at and it can be overwhelming and sometimes things can just kind of blend together and you don't really know which ones should I be worried about and which ones should I not be worried about. So I'm going to give you a quick list of things that immediately make me think, ah, this needs to be taken care of. This I should block or this I should consider doing something about it. I should take some kind of action, lowering the bids, changing the keyword, adding a negative keyword, blocking blocking that search entirely so it doesn't come through at all on this keyword anymore. These search terms in this order are things that I usually look for. Number one thing that I always block is competitors. I do not show up for competitors. You disagree with that? Leave me a message on YouTube. Tell me why. I have offered, I've made this call out. I have shouted through the abyss and told people tell me why it's good to show up on a non-brand keyword to show up on a competitor's searches if if you are safari company xyz and somebody searching for safari company abc tell me why it's a good thing to show up on somebody who's looking for a different company you hear that that's the sound of nobody arguing because I don't get I don't get feedback on that. Tell me why I'm wrong. I I don't I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth it. Now there are times when you decide that you want to push against certain competitors on purpose. That's a different thing, but not without purposefully targeting them. That's my argument. Phrase match keywords are bringing in competitor terms. Don't want it. Period. Block it. Unqualified search term, I block it every time. That one's pretty black and white. Another, as, and as we go down the list, it kind of goes from black and white to various shades of gray. So next, most of the time, pretty much all the time, if they're asking a question and not seeking a solution, I am going to block it. This usually looks like, what is the, or how do I, or does a kind of thing. These types of question searches, informational searches can be just disastrous because you just get all of this informational kind of stuff coming through and you spend a ton of money on something like that and you know you're 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 not able to spend money on what you want. 
So that's something that I usually block. Something that I, I, I definitely will stop that from coming in. If they if they're not looking for a solution, most of the time I don't want them to be spending money, especially if I'm dealing with limited due to budget issues. So next, I'm going to break it out between lead generation and e-commerce. For lead generation, if I see products, product searches for lead generation, I am going to block it. This is often defined from things that include the word Amazon or some retail store or something like Home Depot or near me or something like that. And it looks like it's a product. Let's say, for example, you do garage floor epoxy services and you see best floor epoxy to use. That is a product search. That's a combination of asking a question and a product search. Not appropriate for lead gen. That is a DIY search. Somebody's researching. I'm not interested in it. I'm going to block it. That's what makes a search term unqualified for me for a lead gen. Now, flip to the other side. What about e-commerce? It's going to be services. This doesn't happen nearly as much, but if someone's looking for an epoxy and I see some, if my product, I'm selling some type of garage floor epoxy, DIY, do it yourself. And I see a whole lot of near me searches or I see company, professional, expert, stuff like that. I'm probably not going to show on those. I might. Depends on, you know, how much budget, how much volume I'm getting, how comfortable I am. But most of the time, I'm not going to show on those because those people do not have the intent that I want. And that's, that is, if I haven't made it clear, that's where the line is drawn between unqualified search terms and qualified search terms is the intent of the user. And let me, let me tell you something where you're like, Chris, why are you blocking all this stuff? These, these, these could be, you're losing potential. Well, my friend, you are thinking in a very binary way. You assume a person does one search and leaves. That is not the world we live in. Person does multiple searches. Why can't you wait until that same person comes back and decides to do that search in a way that does meet your criteria? Why do you need to reach them when their mind frame is, I'm just looking for a family vacation idea. Why can't you reach them when they've decided, I want to do a safari trip. Now advertise to them. Now show them your keywords. That's, or show, show them your ads. <laughs> you never show them your keywords, but that's when you show them your campaign, your keywords. That's, that's when you fire off an impression. All right, so another reason why I might call a search term unqualified is because that search term has lack of context. For example, let's say, let's say you're selling solar panels and your top search term is solar panels. Ugh, that's, <sighs> yeah, yeah, I'm selling solar panels, but 
solar panels by itself has no context. There's no understanding about what the person's looking for. So for that reason, I might actually block exact match solar panels. Let's say you're a plumber. You offer plumber services. You're getting clicks on just the word plumber. I'm a little I'm a little wary of something like that. I would rather have plumber near me. Kitchen plumbing near me. Something like that. That would be a much more appropriate. Plumber by itself, not interested. I would exact match block plumber. Shoes. I'm selling shoes and I see the search. Shoes. Don't like it. I'm a lawyer. I, I do divorce family law. I do personal injury. And I'm getting clicks on lawyer. <laughs> Why don't you just burn your money? <laughs> Why don't you just send it to me? Because I can make better use of it than getting clicks on lawyer when you're trying to generate leads. All right. So that's another reason. A uh, search term might be unqualified. And then last is kind of just a catch-all for many things. Red flags. Red flag. I see PDF. I see template. I see download. I see phone number. A lot of these single word things are just guaranteed to be bad. They're not going to be qualified searches. I'm probably going to block them. Doesn't mean you need to just go out there and just come up with a list of 700 automatically bad things and just block them. Don't do that. I do not advocate for some shared negative keyword list that you just copy off the internet and put into your account. Bad, bad, bad idea. Don't, don't do that. But there are some that when you see them, you know what they are. They're trash. They're unqualified. You block them. And there we go. That is my understanding of how I interpret unqualified search terms. If you would like to reach out to me, I am available for Google Ads Consulting Services. I do one-hour consulting services every single day. I do one a day because I have my full-time job of Google Ads Management. But if you'd like to pick my brain, have me look at your account, I am willing to do that. Reach out to me at chrisschafer.com. If you'd rather just hear me on the podcast, stay subscribed here. I'll be here every week. Thank you so much for being here. I'll catch you next time.